You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everyone? We are here to break down the New York Giants' <laughs> recent loss against the <laughs> Miami Dolphins, 31-16 to down there in South Beach. Unfortunate, yes, it appears like the Giants' defense was their best offense as we saw a pick six. Pick sixes do not happen often in New York no. Giants land. If we're going to focus on the positive here, Chris, there were two interceptions. That was a third of the amount of interceptions the New York Giants had during their successful 2022 season. And right now, this season doesn't look like it's going to be all that successful. The Giants yeah. now fall to what? One in four after this 31 to 16 loss. A lot of injuries in this game. You have Daniel Jones exiting. Tyrod Taylor looked like he got banged up, came back in, just had the wind knocked out of him. Wondell Robinson looked like he got banged up, came back in. Offensive line was just cyclical. They were just bringing guys in. They were taking them out. It was just nuts. <laughs> Saw Jalen Mayfield on the football field, Chris. I was like, oh, no, that is not a great situation right yeah, now no. for the Giants. And a lot of explosive plays for Miami's offense. So, Chris, how you doing and where you want to start? Oh, well, I, I suppose we really have to start with the injuries because – we expected to lose this game. We, I don't think anybody was expecting a win. Um, if it weren't for the defense, this game would not have been nearly as close as it was. And that's something we can talk about because I was impressed with the G defense against this Miami Dolphins offense, which, yeah, we, we, we were kind of talking about that during the game. And that all, this offense is just mean. It's just nasty. It, 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 it's rude is what it is. But the injuries really are the story. Uh, particularly Daniel Jones goes down with a neck injury, you know, that season ending, ultimately season ending injury that was initially ruled a concussion back in 2021. Uh, it was a neck injury. Turned out there was some nerve issues going on. Yeah. You know, that really looms large right now. Also Marcus McKethan left with a knee injury. He missed last year with a torn ACL. That's something else we're going to have to monitor. Ben Bredesen got banged up over the course of the game. Uh, Darius Slayton got banged up. At one point, somebody said his arm was dangling. We'll have to find out what happened there. Maybe it was a stinger. Don't know. And then Wondell Robinson, he left. It was initially ruled a concussion. That was, on further evaluation, he was fine. But, you know, he took some hard shots over the course of the game. So, yeah, the Giants are beat up going to Buffalo. It's interesting that we're speaking positively about a defense that surrendered more than 30 points over 500 yards of uh, to the Miami Dolphins, but they did. Bobby Okereke should have had two picks, and one pick that he didn't secure was the interception pick six for Jason Pinnock that went 102 yards. This was a semi-breakout game for Bobby Okereke, if we're going to be positive here. Sure. And it was a breakout game for Darren Waller. We got to see Darren Waller unleashed. Unfortunately, the offense is pitiful right now Chris. yeah and they can't do anything they need the defense to score their points and then they just rely on Graham Gano's foot to kick freaking things through the upright yeah they, the offense scored what nine points in this game 
And that was with the Dolphins defense being a little bit banged up. Jalen Phillips wasn't there. You know, the Dolphins had what another eight sacks. Now, not all the sacks were actually sacks. It was more the quarterback getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage while he was scrambling, but still goes down the record books as a sack. But the Giants offense, at least to start the game, when they had Matt Breida and Eric Gray, they were kind of balancing the workload between them. They were very, very methodical. And they were able to advance the ball. They just could not do anything once they got beyond like the 30-yard line. Yeah, everything just bogged down. Everything shut down on the New York Giants. And if we do look at the the offense, I mean, we know the offensive line is horrendous. Like I said, it's good that we saw some Darren Waller, positive Darren Waller yeah. plays, something that we haven't seen that much of. Daniel Jones still looks a little rough, still looks a little rattled. Yeah. Missed that big third down pass to Wandale Robinson, put that on his outside shoulder. More than likely a first down. He skipped it into him. We've seen way too much of that this year from Daniel Jones. You could say it's because of the offensive line. I'm sure that's a contributing factor, but it's also something that we've seen a little bit through his career as yeah. well. But I still hope he's okay, obviously, man, Daniel Jones. Absolutely. With the neck injury. Hopefully that's nothing serious on the defensive side of the football. I liked some of the adjustments we saw from Wink Martindale. People are giving him crap on Twitter right now. Like, why would you run cover zero against that, with Trey Hall? It's like, that was a blown coverage by Xavier yes. McKinney. It was a blown coverage by Xavier McKinney, who had a good game. Other than that, he had the PBU. He had the forced fumble on HN. So Xavier McKinney almost had that breakout, but then the blown coverage, you just left Trey Hawkins out to dry it. <laughs> what yeah, is the absolutely. kid going to do? He's a six-round pick against Tyreek Hill. It looks terrible for him, yeah. but that's more so on Xavier McKinney, just judging by what I've seen so far. But Wink Martindale came out with a speed package, man. I don't know if we saw Michael McFadden out there. Did we? Not that I recall. Saw quite a bit of Isaiah Simmons out there. A lot and, of Isaiah Simmons and a lot of Dame Belton. Yeah, yeah I, I don't recall seeing uh, McFadden. All that, maybe not at all. Well, just have to wait and see. I'm sure he was out there, but if he was, he wasn't anywhere near the action. You know, I, I was impressed with kind of how the defensive line played getting pressure. The Giants did rush for quite a bit. They played a lot more uh, middle of the field open, either cover two, cover four type coverage shells than we were used to seeing from them. Yeah. And it made sense because every time they did that, you saw the Dolphins take whatever was underneath and the Giants were able to rally to the ball. They still gave up yardage, but they didn't give up too many explosive plays on those types of coverages. But when Wink manned up, it's just so hard to stay with that huddle, foot of fu huddle full of 4-3 speed. Uh, McFadden was inactive for ah. this game. It's a great call by, by Rush 5. Yeah, we should have imagine... been on that. If he was active, though, Chris, would we have seen him? Because I, I think that speed difference, which we just felt it was so palpable in this game. Every time yes. they gave the football to either Mostert or Achan, it was like, oh, crap, because that could break one. If, 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 if he makes one person miss in the alley, which they did quite often, which is yes. another problem, the Giants are very bad on the edges of the defense. And you could see how Mike McDaniel was attempting to attack the edge with so much eye candy pre-snap, a lot of jet motion, a lot of motion in general. He would hit you with end arounds, crack toss. It did all the stuff that we talked about in, in the yep. pre-show. And it's not really a surprise. And all it takes is one one little sliver of space. And A-Chan is gone. Man, that guy's gonna a superstar in the making right now. Yeah, he's he is like Tyreek Hill, but at running back is what he is. 
or maybe a smaller, faster Christian McCaffrey. But th- that's the type of player he appears to be already in this young career of his. And, you know, I, you do get an appreciation for the Dolphins offense watching it like this, just live. Because you talked about the eye candy. They use so much motion out of that condensed formation where all you know it looks tight as hell. And then all of a sudden, it just isn't. They spread the field, and there's so much traffic for the defense where they've got multiple players in motion. And all of a sudden, one of those guys that looks like it's just eye candy is a blocker. And then you've got somebody coming behind him as a runner. And, you know, what do you do? They already have a numbers advantage on that side. Yeah, it's really difficult. You really need your edge rushers to hold up and you need everybody. You need the defense to basically act to the hundredth percentile of what the defense is supposed to act like. And that's not going to happen on every play, especially when you're going up against a very talented, well-devised scheme with all that eye candy that we were just talking about pre-snap. Flip back to the offense a little bit. I know we're jumping around, but it's all right. Josh is voodoo, (laughs) man. Looked a little bad in this one. Got replaced by Matt Parrott. Yeah. And I mean, how many offensive linemen played in this game? That's what I'm curious about. (laughs) A lot. Because you had both of the practice squad call-ups end up playing in this game. Uh, Jalen Thomas and Jalen Mayfield, uh, who is, uh, I think it was a second round pick by the by the Falcons out of Michigan a while ago, but he was like a, a redshirt sophomore when he came out way too raw, way too young. And he never developed. And uh, yeah, man, that's, that's an unfortunate situation. And it's, it's the same recipe. Whenever the giants get down big, which we figured was going to happen in this game, and it might happen next week against Buffalo. Hopefully they have some jet lag coming back from England. The giants <laughs> yeah. are forced into passing and all the pass rushers just pin their ears back and get after Daniel Jones. Yeah. And this offensive line from a protection standpoint can't pick it up. Everyone's giving Evan Neal crap for that one play uh, that happened in the first quarter where there was a free rusher. Yeah. Look, Evan Neal has to protect the B gap. He, he has to take the most dangerous man. And I think it was Jerome Baker was going into the B gap on that play. And you have to take the inside guy because that is the most dangerous man. And the quarterback has to realize that that unblocked defender is coming and get rid of the football and throw hot. Everyone's giving Evan Neal crap for that. That's not Evan Neal's fault. <laughs> No, no. Evan Neal was, like you say, protecting that B-gap. I don't know if that unblocked rusher was supposed – if Neal was expecting the running back. I can't remember – I don't remember if it was Eric Gray or Matt Breed on that, on that yeah, play. Yeah, we have to wait to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he was expecting him to come up and chip as he released out into his route or if that rusher was just Daniel Jones's responsibility. That was something we saw last week as well where he just – there was a rusher. There was more than the Giants could account for with their blocking, which that is the quarterback's job to account for. He has to get to his hot route. And that time, unless there was a pass protection breakdown because the running back made a mistake, that one, hate to say it with the guy hurt, but that one was on Daniel Jones. And you, know, you talked before about how Jones was off throughout the game. You know, he took some hard shots. You know, I, yeah. At one point he was scrambling, took a shot on the sideline. He landed hard on his shoulder. I was, I was concerned about his ability to throw the ball after that, but kind of throughout the game, he was doing that thing where he locks onto receivers before he even completes his drop back. Uh, that not a drop, but the pass defense towards Darren Waller early in the game. Uh, I believe it was Xavier Howard made the play on it. Jones was locked onto him all the way. And that just kind of made it easy for the defender to know where the ball was going to know that his man was going to be getting the football. So he just had to get his hand up to defend the pass. 
and then a couple times towards going towards Wandale Robinson. He was Jones was low and behind, forcing Robinson to try to slide and catch the ball, which just there's no way you're going to pick up yards after the catch if you're falling as you make the catch. Like that, those are just kind of you know, things that held the Giants' offense back even with the issues in pass protection, even with all the pressure the Dolphins were getting, both with their offense and their defense. But again, I, I really don't want to pile onto the guy because, you know, he's hurt. And I do think some of those hard shots he took kind of contributed to him having to leave the game because that that last hit by Andrew Van Ginkle, that wasn't, that didn't look like a devastating shot. No, nah, I mean, he's taking shots, not just through this game, but also if you go back to Seattle, got sacked 10 times in that specific yeah. matchup, and Paris Campbell got sacked once as well. So he's been taking no. shots all season. This guy's really really sore at this point, right? And uh, this was a short week if you want to look into it that way. But yeah, no, this was, um, I don't know if it went as expected. The defense, again, that's the bright spot, and they still gave up just these humongous explosive plays. Whenever those running backs got to the edge, it was like, oh, crap, here we go again. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Speaking of locking on, Tua was locking on to Jalen Waddle a lot yeah. in this game, and he made mistakes every time he did. And I got to give a lot of credit to Bobby Okereke on both of the plays because Okereke, I know it was a bad throw in the second interception, but Okereke was just reading Tua the entire yes. time and just went right downhill, bad throw, overthrow right there in position. And then the one in the red zone, that was just a terrible decision by Tua as well. And I think Vilma said this on the on the stream. If you get Tua to his third read, he starts to break down. The decision-making starts to, to, to wane a little bit. And I think you saw that in this game against this Giants defense. Yeah, you did. This was not a good game by Tua. And credit to the Giants' defense for forcing him to hold the ball, not giving him pressure when he was expecting pressure, dropping seven guys back into coverage, maybe not the seven he was expecting to be in coverage all the time. And yet you know, Tua still got rid of the ball really, really fast. He was still, you know, right on his season average of about two and a third seconds out there. But in crucial moments, the Giants were forcing him to hold the ball, to work through his progressions. And there were times when the Giants were collapsing the pocket, getting pressure, forcing him to scramble and vacate. And that was when we saw some of those bad decisions, bad throws. So th that was what the Giants needed to do. It's just that Miami can score so, so fast that even with the Giants holding the ball like twice as long as the Dolphins through most of the game, it didn't matter. They only needed one or two plays to score. And then the pressure is right back on the offense. And then, like you said, to start the giants get down, especially as the game kind of, as the game clock kind of just evaporates on them, they have to throw the ball. And just the foundation of the giants passing offense is known at this point. Everybody knows what's coming. They know where the ball is going to go when the giants have to throw because they, it, it the foundations of this offense are not terribly complex. They don't have a whole lot of choice routes. They don't have a whole lot of post-snap reads and options. It's one or two-man read and then quarterback scramble. That's pretty much the offense. It's going to be maybe five, seven yards down the field. It's known at this point. This is the second week in a row that the Giants dominated time of possession. 35, just under 36 minutes to 24. It was almost, I think, the same exact last week against Seattle. And then 
got blown out and lost. But the ironic thing about this week is the Giants actually had a pick six. Typically, that's going yeah. to lead to the other team having more time of possession. But Miami didn't need time of possession because Miami yeah. was getting their bulk plays in bunches, man, just stacking them on top of one another. And whenever the Giants did force turnovers, the offense can never do anything to punch it in the end zone. I wanted to ask you real quick before we get out of here, Chris, what were your opinions about some of the field goal attempts and not going for it on like fourth and four, fourth and six, I think was one of them when the game was still at least in range. Yeah, I think on the longer fourth downs, I understand going for the field goal because at certain points you have to take the points and you can't risk on those longer fourth downs, giving Miami a short field. Like the first time the Giants gave them a short field, it worked out because they got the, the turnover from Devin a chain, but you can't give this Miami offense too many, too many opportunities to score too many opportunities to possess the ball. Now the shorter fourth down, attempts you know those the giants had to go for them like you need points even if you need to finish your drives and points and touchdowns when you can now the offense didn't get a single touchdown it was only the defense but you have to at least give your offense the chance to score those points and if you convert the fourth down and you still don't get the touchdown you're still bleeding time off the clock you're still keeping the ball away from the miami offense he had a punt at the New York Giant 45 on a fourth and three. This is still when the game was within range. It was after the Devin HN fumble. And you could say, okay, you're still on your side of the field. But it took three plays, 94 yards for for Tua to, uh, to uh, give the football off to HN on the ensuing drive for a touchdown. Yeah. And then you had a punt on Miami's 44 in the second half after a touchdown drive to open that half on a fourth and six. It was a 34-yard punt. And uh, the this is when Tua threw the interception to Okereke, and the Giants were able to flip the field four plays, four yards, and uh, just kick a field goal, unfortunately, because of all the issues that we've been talking about this entire time. But there were a lot of punts yeah. that I think you could say, maybe you go for it in those situations. Yeah, that that I, I definitely agree with, especially facing this, this offense. Because, you know, the flip side of it is, you know, what – what's the worst that could happen? You put, yeah. you punt and their offense just gets another explosive play. You now that so they, they score slightly slower. <laughs> it's a collective lack of confidence in the offense. Yes. And it's putting, you know, Hey, we're just trust our defense to get a stop. They did sometimes. That's they the did. fun part about they it. Did a lot of time. Well, not a lot of times, but not they a lot did of times. go those three turnovers. Yeah, exactly. And they did force a field goal or two, so there's that. There is that, and I don't believe Miami's kicked many field goals this year. But Chris, anything else before we get out of here? No, I I don't know if we're going to be going over this tape again. Uh, I do kind of want to get into the Giants' defense and really how they, at least through the Miami offense, some curveballs. They got them off kilter, and this game was closer than it felt for a long time. Which is something we've been saying quite a bit this year. Also, we do need to turn ahead and look at Buffalo. They're on their way back from London, and they suffered some big injuries. Uh, looks oh, like yeah. Matt Milano is probably done for the season. Had a broken bone. Yeah, that that bad for them. Potentially good for the Giants. 
potentially okay for the Giants. Matt Milano is one of the more underrated linebackers He's in the National Football League. And Buffalo, you never know how they're going to react. I mean, you had Jacksonville out there. They stayed after last week over there in England. I don't believe it was London. It might have been. But they were playing in a different stadium. And they started really slow. They came back. They end up losing. You know they're going to be pissed. Hopefully there's that jet lag like I mentioned a little bit before. Yes. But that's a really tough opponent. And they're going to be talking a lot about it. And it's prime time. And it's Brian Dable. We don't even know if we're going to have Daniel Jones. There's a lot that still needs to be sussed out about that. But Chris, anything quick before we get out? No, I think that's about it for right now. There's only so much you can say about a game like this. All righty, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, head on over to BigBlueView.com. Check out all of our written content. Thanks, everyone, and have a lovely day.